We are live, Mitchell. Hey, friends. Welcome, everyone. Really glad you're here on the day after Sunday podcast, watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube, wherever we're streaming at. Where are we streaming? Not, we're, we're streaming at both. I'm not actually sure anybody has ever joined us on a Monday morning on YouTube. That's so right. if you're out there and you want to join us on YouTube, you should right now. Yeah, definitely. We started a brand new worship series too, entitled "The Encountering the Risen Christ," and um, you know we were thinking about how do we take these stories that we hear about Jesus showing up in the disciples' midst, and then how do, how does that like actually affect, inspire us to? see where the risen Christ is in our world today. Uh, and so this series is really based in the Gospel of John, which is really different than the Gospel of Mark, Phil. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I mean, you were kind of in and out of Bible study last week, but I basically went on a whole riff of how uh, how different the Gospel of John is versus the Gospel of Mark and what that means for us and what the theological backing is behind all of that. And, um, you know, there were some good questions about like, well, if they're this different, like, should that make us question the legitimacy of one gospel over the other. And, um, you know, these are things we talk about in Bible study because sometimes I get real nerdy. Right. Totally. And so we'll be in the gospel of John for the next three weeks. And uh, this past Sunday, we were looking at the resurrection account, essentially, uh, in the gospel of John. And I want to start with this. Uh, my good friend, Jack Soper. Oh, yeah. Uh, retired United Methodist minister who uh, I had the pleasure of serving on uh, Board of Ordain Ministry with for like exactly one month. <laughs> and um, before he said, I'm, I'm done. Uh, he apparently, he served on it for a long, long time. He, his go-to question for ordinance and folks getting commissioned uh, was this, where is the risen Christ today? How would you answer that question? Where is the risen Christ today? Right here. Yeah, right? He would say within us, right? Sure. I love this idea that the risen Christ is an active, ongoing uh, reality for us, not just something we read about or celebrate on Easter, but right. this um, this ongoing presence of God in the world. and. So I think that's like what's at the heart of this worship series for the next, well, two weeks now. Yeah, totally. I I think this is hard, especially for people who really struggle with this idea of resurrection and what does this mean? Is it bodily? Is it not? Like when we say Christ is risen, you know, God lives, like, like all these things, you know, like what does it mean for God to be alive? What is it like? I think Jack's question is a really poignant one that a lot of people wrestle with like logically. You know, and so it's taken me, you know, at least a decade, if not more, to come to grips with what this means theologically for myself and almost like in the, the realm of pushing me in a kind of a more mystical space in my understanding of what this means. But um, but then practically, what does it mean as well? And I think that's what this series will, I think we'll, we'll dabble a little bit with both of those kind of the mystical as aspect, but also the practicality points of it. Like, what, is this, what does this really mean to encounter the risen Christ and, and what do these experiences look, for, look like for us? Yeah. Um, and we're kind of 
anchoring not only this series but also next the next worship series which mm -hmm. we're excited about as well on this idea of uh spiritual experiences right yep and so i i was thinking about that as i was writing the sermon and like what does it mean then for like what do we do in worship right like what are we trying to cultivate is it i and i i tried to kind of get there in my sermon saying like mm -hmm. my what we do in worship is not to convince you of anything right like that's not that's not the space of the medium i don't think that that's like what good preaching is it's yeah me trying to convince you to believe what i believe right or i've come to believe but rather to um question and wrestle with scripture and the world in such a way that something new is revealed to us right and yeah. um, and i think that that's just a very different approach when we look at preaching like across america um i think there are a lot of people that think preaching is uh a place for for a place to try to convince people to essentially believe uh right doctrine well, or doctrine. there you go right believe have the right thought like have the right um understanding it's just almost it's become I hate to say it this way. Sometimes it's become just the transfer of information, right? And that's like, that's pretty boring. <laughs> like, yeah, I can, regardless of how how engaging it is, it the output still remains a very low bar, right? Right, and you know, you and I talked about this last week or week before or something. That one of the things that was so compelling about Rob Bell when he first started was that like he took this idea of preaching and said, "This is an art." You know, and and he wanted to kind of reclaim the art of preaching in a way that was way more than just the communication of information, right? And like when I think of when I first heard Rob Bell, it was almost like the preachers I was hearing then were like reading an encyclopedia versus like somebody who was doing a, a dramatic interpretation of of some play or something. You know, like there was there was right. just night and day difference of what was taking place and how it was presented, and then what my like bodily and spiritual response was, in you know based on those two different portrayals. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's, you know, that's challenging as a, the, as a preacher then, right? Like, did you take a class on preaching that, you know, that, that talked about, well, I never took class on preaching, which we have a whole story about, we could talk about at some point, but, um, but I, I mean, I don't know what that was conveyed like in, your, in a preaching class in seminary, you know, like. Uh, not it, no. Um, you know, I think preaching in general is a—it's uh, so subjective anyway. What good preaching is? Right? Sure, totally. You know, and I know that like there would be those that say like, no, Mitchell's preaching is not that good, or there would be others be like, I really, really, really like Mitchell's preaching, right? So I think it's hard to—I think it's hard to gauge what good preaching is, but but you know, you kind of know it when you see it, and yeah. and and more importantly. Um, but no, to answer the question, no, we didn't, I didn't have a particularly robust preaching class. I had one, I took one, but it was not, it was not a good class in seminary. Um, and I kind of grieve that, uh, you know, I didn't get to take a preaching class with like a Titan of the, you know, preaching world. Um, but that just wasn't really part of ILIF's, uh, overall educational, yeah. you know, 
goals. So I think you know when you're when you're looking at at preaching, the the most important thing is I think that the preaching be as authentic as possible, right? And if if there is a whiff of inauthenticity in what is happening, then I think that the thing breaks down. There will be people who can preach to really large audiences and would fail to be able to connect with an intimate space and there are people who can preach really well off a manuscript um nadia bolts weber comes to mind right or are there those who who whose best preaching it happens when they don't have anything in front of them right and so i think like it's just about finding what works for the preacher because ultimately if we're trying to get to that place where worship is a um a place where we're trying to cultivate um, these kind of experiences with the text and with one another and within community, then then the job of preaching, I think, is not to just transfer information, but to to pay attention to the community and 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 ask good questions and and wrestle with scripture in such a way that we might have something revealed to us um, in that space, because yeah. that's what. We're longing for these like really deep spiritual experiences, right. uh, because we often don't find them in the mundane. It doesn't mean that they don't exist there. In fact, there's something very sacred about the ordinary, but um, but we're not attuned or trained to to pay attention to it in that way. You said Nadia, and I think I think I heard this first from Nadia was the idea that preachers, the role of the preachers, to to be the midwife of the gospel. Right, yeah. like it's not your responsibility to to write the the gospel, the good news, right? But you're the midwife right. that like creates a space for it to enter into the world. Yeah, and I think that that requires um, well, it requires time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I and it birth the birthing of of the gospel um, week in and week out. You know, just like any birth, uh, it's not just it doesn't just happen. Right. Like yep. there's a whole lot of steps, especially in modern medicine that we take to like get us there. And then, uh, you know, there's what happens after the birth, too. And so I think like if you take that very, you know, kind of feminine divinity aspect of what's happening, right, the the you really i don't know you really have to spend a lot of time with the text you really have to spend a lot of time crafting a sermon and you really have to spend a lot of time learning your congregation and those things that are are necessary for for preaching um i think you that's all you do right you just sit around all week long and just write sermons right that's it (laughs) i can't believe they paid me to do it you know that's right i just sit at my desk and i just think about what could happen you know if i did this and I mean, yeah, totally, right? That's that, the idealized that sarcasm version. Case. <laughs> yeah, that's the idealized version, right? I think the truth is, like, you also have to be, uh, as a preacher, willing to say, like, uh, it's not really about me, and I just hope that I get out of the way enough that the that what what's being portrayed or, or proclaimed in the gospel can come through in a, in in a real meaningful way. And yeah, totally. So, you know, that's all to say that this worship series really is about how do we find those spiritual experiences in our own lives. And I think that worship plays a really important role, not only in the preaching, but also in like the singing and the partaking of sacrament and, and the prayer. And so I think we are trying to cultivate that. The challenge I, that exists like this past Sunday 
um, is a good example is that like, what happens when we, <laughs> what happens when things go awry, kind of, kind of falter and the wheels feel like they're coming off, right? Um, you know, so well, if you if you're just joining and you've never listened to us before, so last week is the first week we went back in person after a year, more than a year of being all virtual. Yeah. So now now we're juggling this in person first service and then moving and doing a, still our virtual service at ten twenty to twenty five right. whatever with our Sunday sit down and then the worship service. So, you know, it, it, the kind of the reality is we've not quite doubled the work, but like it's you know it's definitely picked up and so. Yeah, now we're trying to make sure we provide two really beneficial, effective, like, I don't even know the right word, like, experiential, right? Like, here we're talking about this in Divine Encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, these experiences that are high quality in this space for these two different things. Okay, so with that said, with that background laid, <laughs> we start our virtual worship service yesterday, and we make it to the Sunday sit-down. We have this little break between the Sunday sit-down and then worship, and then... Everything just, nothing audio worked. So I went back this morning, I looked at it. It was four minutes of dead silence, which feels like an eternity in the virtual space, right? So, yes. But props to Dexter. Dexter's behind the scenes right now. Um, started going down the checklist, right? He's like, it shows like everything should be working. Starts going through all the things. And within four minutes, really, it's pretty remarkable that he was able to figure out what it was. Right. And just one box had to be reset, you know? Like. So that was how the virtual worship service started off. Yeah, I think what's, what's so uh, unsettling about it is we we were given, we were encouraged by other folks, um, uh, the the leadership team in particular, to be like, it's really good that we're going to do these two worship services, but uh, make sure that like the quality at 1050 doesn't like drop right. off. And then, like, <laughs> this happens. Four minutes of silence. Oh, hashtag good news. Hashtag that, that in and of itself would have been enough for uh, for us on Sunday. But then, are you, are you ready? But then <laughs> I'm walking, here I am walking through <laughs> an offertory shot. So, if you're joining on the podcast and not live with us or not watching this on our YouTube channel, we're showing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so walk us through what's happening, Mitchell. Yeah. Well, Dexter was very clear. Hey, don't walk through the middle of. Uh, Hold on. This is the spot right here. This is where it hits him. I know. I know. <laughs> there. <laughs> so what what's happening here is. Um, we have an offertory that Farron was beautifully playing and to, to kind of help us set the, the mood in the, in the worship service, we went to this shot of the stained glass and the beautiful altar display that Rebecca made. And then I was over-functioning and I was going to go move a stool, I think, and yep. just totally forgot and uh, knew once that I stepped right into the camera, I instantly knew... And then I saw Dexter waving his hand, arms at me. And then I thought, you know, I just, I'm going to finish. I'm going to go get that stool. And so uh, this is this is what happened. <laughs> I just, I, I wish it wasn't as blurry because 
the the shot is just amazing. Like you can tell by the look on your face. Like I I know exactly what I did right here, and it's just golden. All to say, worship happened. Still we, happened, right? Worship still happened, and and our service extended for an extra four minutes. So everybody who wanted our worship services to be longer, which I'm sure is everybody, right? Because why would you ever want those to end? Right. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, and uh, and yet, like we trust that like, Gosh, really, <laughs> we trusted that something really good happened, you know, in the midst of all that. And I and I think that that's what we we really see with with this series is that like we aren't ultimately in control of where the risen Christ is going to show up, right? Right. Like in the text for Sunday, like Mary doesn't even recognize Christ when Christ is being like, why are you crying, Mary? Like, I think it is so hard for us to, to experience the risen Christ that we can fall victim to this idea that to do so, everything has to be like perfectly aligned, right? Absolutely. We overproduce yeah. worship and we spend 40 hours on a sermon and we, and everyone who steps up to a microphone is rehearsed four times and we pay for choir members and we have the best band possible because we're willing to, to essentially go buy that and we put everything in place. And yet Christ doesn't show up in mm -hmm. our midst when we've aligned everything perfectly. Now that is not to say that we should not strive after excellence in worship, right? Absolutely. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't take it seriously. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't write good sermons or practice our music or, you know, hire folks to help us experience worship better. Right. But it does say that those things are not, um, are not necessary for, for, um, for the risen Christ to show up in our midst. And in fact, if we get so focused on everything being rightly aligned, chances are we'll miss the risen Christ because the risen Christ shows up like a dirty gardener most of the time. Absolutely. And it, you know, this, this made me think of like, when you were talking about this, you remember Simon, was it Simon Magus? Ma Ma I don't remember his name. Yeah, and yeah. in Acts eight, uh -huh. where he he was known to be like this kind of magician person, and yeah. and he sees this like the, the disciples doing these works of of God and like these miraculous works, and he basically wants to figure out how to like buy it, right? He offered money. Right. He says it's in eight nineteen. Give me also this power, so that anyone on who I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit, right? Like that's the perfect explanation of what you just said, right? We could spend as much money there is in the world to try to like make sure everything was perfect in whatever we're creating. And it still turns out that Jesus shows up like a dirty gardener. Yeah. Like that's the good news of the gospel right there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we're, I think what we're attempting to say and say to ourselves as much as any, anyone else, right. Is that like these encounters have profound impact on how we understand our identity as, as Christians, right? It is not about right belief or perfect <clears throat> belief or striving after like, um, you know, a purity in our orthodoxy. It is about, um, it is about these experiences that we desperately need to help us recenter 
and re-engage with the with the gospel. And so I just yeah, I'm I'm excited about this worship series because I I need it. Um and and I think it's a good word for us as we start gathering back in person. Like it's going totally. to be awkward. Uh we haven't seen really anyone in like a year. Uh it's gonna be awkward. Can we fist bump in the parking lot? Can we not? Um, what does it mean when someone gets a little too close? How are we gonna deal with that? Uh and so we're kind of working it out and outside right but we'll yeah. still have to do this as we transition towards being in person and i think that that reality is just um it's going to be messy and confusing and kind of awkward and we still expect christ to show up in that as well absolutely i think that's a really good word uh, do, tell me if this is just me or if you experience the same thing the last two weeks i was so tired after i got home from church and it's uh, it's a longer morning, right? But I I really think sure. that oh, waking up at Easter, we were like yes, call time that was early, totally. Right. But I mean, call time of seven yesterday, like that's early, but not like stupid early, right? And and yet when I got home yesterday, I was so tired, and I don't know if it's just because my body's not used to being in person with people and this like interaction, and now it's taking more out of me to to be back in physical spaces again. I don't I don't know, but it's really an interesting right. Um, to pay attention to my body in the midst of all that and how it's going to take adjusting and, you know, all these things to, to get back to some semblance of whatever normal looks like, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a good word. And, um, and the, the truth is like grace abounds and all of that. And yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and there's responsibility for us to take it seriously. Right. Like, Mm -hmm we can't expect to have these encounters with the risen Christ unless we're like showing up. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean, and that doesn't mean like in person, uh, uh, like showing up in person. It just means that like, if we're not showing up fully, even if we are tired or anxious or whatever, right. We're not showing up as ourselves in the spaces where the community's gathering, then we're, we can't expect to have these encounters with, with the risen Christ because it, yeah. The only thing that was really required of Mary, it wasn't that she needed to stop crying. She didn't uh, clearly didn't need to have uh, the ability to to understand. Right. Uh, right. All she needed really to do was show up, and that's that's the good good news for us is that like by showing up, we um, we have this opportunity. That's a good word. It's a good word. So next week's Doubting Thomas. Love him. Patron saint. Patron Patron saint of deconstruction. (laughs) Yeah, totally right. And the following week is Jesus eating like the worst, it sounds like the worst breakfast ever on a beach. Whatever. I think that Sunday we should have a fish fry in the parking lot. Okay, dude. It's not like Jesus is frying fish down there. Well, you don't know that. He could have had a little fire no, going on and roast. Or a charcoal little fire. It's it's like grilled fish and bread for breakfast. Give me a break. That's not. I'm a- in. Let's do it. And then on Pentecost, we're gonna have a, a, a shrimp broil or like a crawfish broil. That would be awesome. We should have a big outdoor Pentecost gumbo, something. Totally. I I think it'd be. I'm a fan. Sushi and rice. Exactly, Dexter. Thank you. See, Dexter gets it. Nah, no. Man. 
Nah, man, I'm not about that for breakfast. Nah. So Jesus out on the beach, we in, we in that series, and we're going to start a new series on the Holy Spirit, and it's yep. going to hopefully propel us into uh, this great spiritual space where we can like keep moving forward because, as I said in my sermon, things are kind of opening up. We didn't even get to talk about inaugurated eschatology today. Oh, man, that's a whole... Should we uh should we do a tiny desk series on uh, eschatologies? Oh, dude, that's my jam right there. <laughs> I'm not much for atonement, but I love a good a good eschatology discussion. We could sit around and read Left Behind for a while and. So just kidding. Says social stamina is weak right now. No doubt. Totally. No totally. Doubt. Thank you all so, for being to the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'll make the invitation here. We talked about it at the Sunday sit down, but I'll I'll reiterate it here. Right, like if you have had a, a religious experience or a spiritual experience or an encounter with the risen Christ, we'd love to hear it. So you can email me, um, P Dickey, D I E K E P Dickey at WRUMC.org or, um, office at WRUMC.org. You can email it there too. You can DM us on social media. We'll get the, the message there. Um, I would love to just hear your story and you know, if you're willing, maybe we'll find a way to, to share it as well. But if you're not willing totally get that too, but we just, we'd love to know what your experiences are. Absolutely. And, um, Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Totally. Do you want to play the thing one more time? No? You good? Oh, on the way out. There it is. See you next week. Bye. Wait, wait. Next week? Next week? What? Uh, uh, next week. Uh, okay. Next week.